Hello and welcome to another episode of Generation Bar. I'm here with my father, Neil. Neil, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Excellent, well caffeinated? Oh, I guess so, yeah. I always <laughs> give myself a shot at a shot at the caffeine, but... Um, that's good. Just had one. Very nice. Oh, that's great. Lovely. Yeah, I was, So I'll be bright as a button, I'm sure. Excellent. Well, I'm trying to be. I was just, just mentioning before, I, I had uh, two full-strength coffees. It has the opposite effect on me. I just feel really tired and and uh, foggy. But uh, I, I know the obsession in Melbourne of the of having having a latte. But well, I you should like watch out. I can remember when you were a little boy. The red cordial was bad for you. Uh, so I don't reckon the caffeine's your go. Killed me. I think. Yeah. Any, any sort of red. Any sort of uh, any sort of stimulant. I think I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm done there. But, um, well, I mean, I actually wanted to open the show with a, a chat about criticism. And I suppose uh, criticism, in a way, is uh, an interesting one because, of course, you think about the pop criticism today, everyone's criticising, yada, yada, yada. But really, the, the, the greatest form of criticism is literary criticism and film criticism. But um, I was thinking the other day, I was watching David Stratton's um, Stories of Australian Cinema, the great David Stratton, of course, who was with them um, on David and Margaret at the movies. And it was just a wonderful documentary about Australian films, and he was speaking in such a such a way that um, uh, I suppose defined how criticism should be. But I mean, what's what's your sort of thought on on criticism in the modern age of clickbait? And well, it's kind of stopped existing in a way, hasn't it? Like you, we're only, we're only talking yesterday. There was a thing we're talking about criticism and critique. Like yes. In our game, there should be a lot of critique, meaning what can we do better? Mm-hmm. And that's what the best criticism is, is what we can do better. Yep. And it's also an honest assessment of what the product is, and you've got to have an honest assessment. You can't just, it can't always just be positive. Um, but I think a lot of times now, a lot of the clickbait thing that we do, it's sort of, there's no reflection almost. That was shit. It's about as good yeah, as you get, yeah, whereas yeah. if you launch what David Stratton says, they go, well, this happened, that happened, this happened, if they'd have done this, it might have been better, da, da, da. and you say, oh, yeah, I'll get, a, I'll get a picture of the picture, whereas in a lot of the other stuff, it's, I mean, there's just not room for that reflection. That, I think that's part of the problem, but that, that's today's world. It's, um, it's probably not ideal in some ways. Yeah, kind of. I suppose it kind of reflects what we are just talking about then. Um, you, you look at some of the great sports writers and they obviously have to go away and reflect on it and think about it. Like Greg, you read some of Greg Baum's articles and uh, I suppose the implications about a result or about uh, something that happened in the sporting world. Um, and that's probably a similar thing with David Stratton. But then you've got uh, Mickey Mouse on the on the mobile phone on Twitter going, bah, 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 or calling talk back to Mark Fine and complaining about how... Um, whatever happened in the AFL and it's just that automatic reflex almost now of the automatic uh, response team where there's no, I think we spoke about this before, no reflection and no almost um, ability to empathise with certain particular aspects of it. We ruined it last year. Usually the best time on radio was when Richmond lost. (laughs) Well, <laughs> over the years, <laughs> they came from everywhere. Yeah, there wasn't enough of that this year. People may say, right? But that—that's the madness of criticism. Everyone takes it so personally, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that's the thing. There's, there's this, this story that David Stratton had with the the director of Romper Stomper, um, and David had written a piece saying that he thought it was a very dangerous film. And of course, um, have you seen Romper Stomper? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is a dangerous film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great film, but um, 
yeah, some of the uh, some of the footage and some of the um, moments within the film of them like attack brutally attacking uh, Vietnamese two Vietnamese men playing pool and and that sort of thing. And the final scene is that like that dramatic scene on the beach. Oh, shouldn't ruin it actually, but I suppose it was made oh, mid nineties. But, but the but, same. I, I watched um, Animal Kingdom once and I thought it was, oh, yeah, it was yeah. almost the most powerful film I've ever seen. Mm. I can't watch it again because yeah. I know what happens to the girl. And I know it's only a film, but yeah. I just can't, I can't, I can't endure, oh, no, I can't endure this. So that, that's the problem with, with fabulous theatre is that, well, well, I'm, well, not, the I'm, ones not, that, I'm not sure I want to endure it. And they're the ones that are quite close to the bone. Like you think about yeah, Animal right. Kingdom, you yeah. think about Melbourne's underbelly. Um, Robber Stomper, you think about, you know, the Patriots, the United Patriot Front, that sort of thing. Um, and there are just aspects of truth and they're the great films that you walk away from going, I couldn't probably sit through that again, but... But, but the, proper, the proper criticism of that or the critic yes, analysis yeah. is wonderful film, but it's dangerous that it does. No, no, that's what yeah. you, you need, the honesty of it. Uh, and that's what happened with, um, with David Stratton saying that. I think the director came up to him with the... He goes, are you David Stratton? <laughs> and he goes, oh, why, why, of course, yes, I am. And he just tosses his wine off uh, over him and... In the documentary, he goes, and I would have done it again, but this time with red. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so today we have a, a guest in the studio once again, um, and her name is Laura Voss. But I suppose, Laura, how would you describe what you do and who you are? Yeah, well, hello. <laughs> um, so I'm the creative director at Harmonious Games, and we actually celebrate our second anniversary tomorrow oh, as beautiful. a company, which is pretty exciting. Um, and I'm also, I guess, the CEO as well, which is kind of weird. Very comfortable with that title. I I'm super comfortable, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what does that what does that entail? Being the creative director of a an harmonious games um it basically means that i kind of help the team problem solve and and maintain the creative vision for a game or a project that we're working on um uh, it's a really it's a really fun role because i get to work very closely with everyone on the team and there's seven of us now um and it's kind of like a puzzle master sort of thing you kind of like you know you speak to the artists and see what they're working on and then see what the designers are working on um, and the, the programmers and you kind of right. go, okay, so this is happening and we can put it all together and so it's a bit like that, I guess. Um, and then the CEO type stuff is basically being the spokesperson for the company, um, PR, that kind of thing, and help with the, I guess, the business strategy yeah, of where we're yeah. taking the company and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, for, for those people out there who know me, they'll know I'm perfectly suited to this interview <laughs> because I know absolutely nothing yeah. about it. That's never stopped me from having No, that's nothing. right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you be an expert about a number of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm, it's really, it's, I find it amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> my first... Um, experience with games was pub pong at the pub, oh, which yeah, was right. black yeah. and white and two little things and, I, and I've never really progressed that much <laughs> yeah. but I probably should I know. yeah now Laura you're you're a woman and you went to yes. a school in one of the most uh, affluent areas in Australia so how did, did how do you actually end up in the gaming industry considering it's so ma well the per perception is it's quite male dominated it's, yeah it still is we're working really hard to change that yeah um but 
So what, why is that? Just because boys play, girls don't? Or? It's it's the kind of thing of um, the software industry as well is really hard for women to feel like it's a safe space for them or a, a space where they're going to be accepted in. And I guess, you know, the AFL has faced similar, you know, situations in the past, I assume, with, with female workers joining the force. It's hard to feel like you're going to belong there. Mm. And for so long, it was a very male-dominated space. And so women feel like it's something that's not available to them, I guess. Um, and we're working really hard to change that. Um, and it's, it's interesting thinking back you know, going to a school like I like I went to, um, you know, software engineering, any kind of engineering was never mentioned. It was math, science, English, art. That's like it, basically. And none of which really interested me that much, <laughs> except the things that were marked down in the VCE. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or ATAR, whatever it is these days. Um, so it wasn't really until I realised halfway through a drama degree that, you know, I was actually really interested in games and how they're made. I'd been playing games for as long as I can remember. I have two older brothers, lots of cousins, and we all played video games together. So so in your business, you say you're a creative director, you develop da 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 Who's your client? Who, who are you selling to? Like, what, what, what's your product and who do you sell to? Gamers. <laughs> so sometimes... And there's plenty of them here. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, the... 101 of making a game is to know who your audience is mm. so um, for Party Powers which was our first title and we released that on the Nintendo Switch recently we knew that that was the perfect platform for it because it's it comes with two controllers straight out of the box it's very much a co-op friendly game which is what Party Powers is um, so you got to know kind of who you're targeting um, it's yeah there's not really a client it's just an audience I guess same way kind of film will have like a particular kind of genre will have a particular kind of audience who's going to go see that um, games are kind of the same so, so this one you, you it's compatible with Nintendo Switch meaning mm -hmm. that you don't have to do all of that you just have to provide the game if you like yeah. and, and someone like Nintendo is happy with that yeah yeah so um, last year at GDC which is the game developers conference it's the largest game developers conference in mm -hmm. the world um, and I'm going there again in a month um, <laughs> Uh, I met. Oh, I should um, go, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should, should both go. Dress you up in uh, Luigi or Mario. Wait, that's that's more of like that's a that's more of a Comic Con and yeah, PAX. Yeah. Um, the game developers conference is a little different. They have okay. an expo hall where you can go and play a bunch of random new games and, and experience new tech, like all the new VR and oh, AR right. stuff. So virtual reality and um, artificial reality. So that's a whole bunch of cool stuff. Just quickly, because I figured I should probably bring this stat up. Um, in Australia, 46% of video game players are actually now female. So yep. it's not the perceived, uh, it must yeah, be no, a 13-year-old boy yeah. in his parents' yeah. basement. Yeah, he was, he was on Call of Duty calling everyone whatever under the sun. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, because... I, mean, I, looked, <laughs> I looked at something before just sort of researching it a bit, and it said most of the people are twenty, mid-20s or whatever. Yeah, so, well, yeah. it came out in this um, Digital Australia report, which they do every year in video games, um, that 34 years is the average age of video game players in Australia. Really? Um, and 43% of those aged 65 and over play video games. So whereabouts... I'm not in that... 
Yeah, yeah, you're definitely not a demographic. But a lot of people (laughs) over that age bracket play games to keep their minds active and keep themselves, like, you know, thinking quickly using their reflexes or using their mind reflexes. Yeah, Um, that's that's directed for things like um, anti-Alzheimer's and all that. Yeah, dementia. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So where, whereabouts is the GDC? Does it change? Is it it's in always US? in San Francisco. All oh, right. Oh, yeah, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and is San Francisco I, like a hub, like what the the hub of, of yeah, I mean, different little ports, you know, like um, with music, there's like Seattle with grunge and there was this and that. Yeah. It? I mean, uh, San Francisco has been a pretty big, you know, city for computer software you know just any kind of like startup to do with apps and yeah stuff. of course yeah san francisco has become kind of like a one of the main cities to go to but it's always had a games culture there um but any sort of major city will have something like last year i went to seattle for pax west for example which is enormous and like three times the size of the melbourne one so it's right. kind of intense um but yeah, San Francisco's been holding the GDC for years, um, and it's like I think last year there was over thirty thousand people there. Huh. So this, um, there's a few of the AFL clubs involved in this new esports thing. Is that what's that? So like, where's that with you? Are you? <laughs> um, I don't. I as a developer, I don't have anything to do with esports. But esports is basically um, the AFL league. Oh, like so it's it's in terms of like a, a, a sort of a competition they put together yeah. for gaming. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's leagues for all kinds of different games. Yeah. There's so many different genres, and they all have a league or an esports competition. Right. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Last year for Overwatch, Australia actually made it to the quarterfinals. It was a very exciting time because okay. Australians well, why wasn't are. Was this in the paper? Was it, <laughs> well, I mean, no, I don't think so. Australians aren't really seen as um, professional game players really yet. Okay. So it was a very exciting time to see that an Aussie team had made it to the quarterfinals in Overwatch, which is one of the, if not the biggest FPS shooter to come out for quite some time on PC. Right. It's um, massive. So are there millions like, of players? Are there like you know your Cristiano Ronaldo's of the of the gaming world who are like the, the yeah for sure. I'm not. Stars? I don't really care about that. Yeah, so yeah, much. I know. Yeah, but um, right. yeah, definitely. Like I think the South Koreans in particular are really like crazy about their esports champs. Um, they get reprimanded just like other professional sports players. Um, one of them recently, he's, he's called. QXC or something stupid um, is his like gaming tag name. Well, it shouldn't be a surprise because no, of course pin, not. Pinball Wizard, the Who song was all about the pennies player, and that was it's kind of the same. Except that this is electronic, <laughs> obviously, but it was the game, the game, the game. Yeah. And so you can see you can see where it is that that was limited just to the little machine and was all mechanical. So you're really not limited by anything, are you? No. Yeah, so I, I remember when I was in uh, Osaka or Tokyo, I saw like the, the two megastar dancers on that dance game where oh, you're, like, yeah. you're clicking the arrows mm-hmm. and they were, it was incredible the way they were moving their feet. And I'm, I mean, yeah, there were a hundred people watching it. There's professional players for that. Right. Yeah, um, at PAX Australia last year. So PAX Australia happens every year in November um, or late October and they had a huge... Dance, what's it called? Dance Squad or something. Whatever that game is called. I don't play it. But um, it's 
they have like a massive massive stage and they have professional dancers so, and so that's a relatively it. physical yeah you know, whereas you know playing the game whilst it's mental it's probably not that oh it's a bit physical you've got to be quick with yeah it's more it. mental this, this strength a, a yeah, pure dancing. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's kind of a um psychologically it's like the it's like a spotlight of attention so gamers are really good at focusing on things and solving problems really quickly um whereas the average person is not as receptive to that or as adept at it rather um so there's lots of people using that knowledge to help people focus on games instead of their physical trauma from burns, for example. Right. Um, oh, yeah, stuff that, like yeah. that. So that they're taking their spotlight of attention away from the pain they're feeling to a game where they can play and focus on. Well, it's, so it's really we're, interesting. We've been talking the last few days a lot about our mental training and mind stuff. And, and, mm. and it's all, all the, the principle of it is you can only think of one thing at a time, yep. but you can control what you think about if you, you know, so this yeah, is very much that, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, and games yeah. do that. And they have always yeah. done that. It's just that more and more research is coming out now mm. of mm. how beneficial that is. Um, and it's sort of, we're getting to the point where we're slowly changing people's perceptions of video games and actually how important they are for, yeah. for yeah, cognitive just for functioning. For well-being and yep. generally, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. So do you play games for inspiration when you're uh, attempting to conjure up an idea for your next game? Or <laughs> yep. just like generally... Uh, do you play games for both fun and research? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I'm specifically researching something, then yeah, I'll play for research. But most of the time I just play for fun. It's like reading a good book for me. That's yeah. what a video game is. So I, I really like narrative-based games, um, something that I can really kind of sink my teeth into and really get in get into the story and, and see what happens or like make my own character within that so story. So that's not the CEO party job. You're not supposed to have fun when you're <laughs> In video games, you can have fun as a CEO. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I see those kinds of games as like enjoying a really good book or watching a really good film or a TV show that you love. I get that same enjoyment oh, out yeah. of it. So I guess yeah. that's that's how I describe it to people when if they don't play games, it's for me it's, oh, it's just as good as a good book. I got to rethink my life. You should totally try something. <laughs> oh, I will. So I will. so what what are some of your favorite games you played? Um my favorite game ever is The Elder Scrolls Morrowind, which probably I don't think anyone here knows <laughs> that. Skyrim? Is. Skyrim is the latest one okay. from that series. Okay. So yes. You get a point, Will. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I played that when I was 12 and it changed my life forever. Twizzle so. break. <laughs> and then um, within the last couple of years, Life is Strange blew my mind, which I think I've mentioned to you before. Yeah. That's an episodic game. So you play, it releases an episode and you play the episode and then another episode will be released like a month or two later. Um, and that particular game focused on this young teenager she's about 18 um and all these like really intense trials and tribulations she has to go through and and things that she learns about other people and um deals with anxiety so, but, that, and but that's a game it's you, you just that's just for you you don't have to compete no that's just for yeah, me so right. there's all the different varieties yeah so i do play yeah. games like overwatch though where yeah. it's purely team-based mm. competition um but narrative kinds of games are more my favorite yeah, right. So it's just... A, yeah, it's re- re- reading a book, but at your own speed yeah. and your own... Yeah, and <clears> the difference with a narrative-based game is that more often than not, you are either given a really interesting character to play as or you are able to create your own based on 
you. Mm. Um, and there's something really special about having agency in video games and being able to choose what you want to do and how you want to behave in that world that you don't get from books. You're just you're yeah. kind of in the mind of the character, whereas in video games, especially games like Skyrim, you create your own. Yeah, and you can go. You can be the hero that you've always wanted to be, or you can be the stealthy, sneaky person you've always wanted to be, or whatever it is. Play out your fantasies. Yeah, within the yeah parameters, of course. Yeah, and that's an amazing thing because people don't often get to do that. Yeah, right. I was thinking because I was thinking back when I used to play The Sims, and we've spoken about The Sims before. And The Sims is yeah. like a simulation, and it, you'd create your own narrative yeah. of uh, a life over generations and that mm. sort of thing. Yeah, and more often than not, you end up creating people that you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you create your family in it. You're right, simulating yeah, your own yeah. life, but in the digital world. Yeah. More often than not, or you create like your you create yourself in the game, but then you create this really hot character for your character <laughs> to romance in the game yes, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I've been there for a few times. <laughs> I, I used to be there. Everyone does it. <laughs> Everyone. So, been, so what's I've the most? I've been doing it all my life, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the most common? What what's the, what's the most damaging misconception people have about uh, gaming and the gaming industry and games in general? That it's a waste of time. Right. Um, more often than not, you hear people talk about it and be like, why are you wasting your time playing games for well, yeah, four yeah, hours well, on a Saturday? That's, and I'm like, that was my, that's my first, my first impression is, oh, what, this, what? But it, having spoken to you for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it's changed my <laughs> take on it altogether. Yeah, like, would you ever... <laughs> no, it has. I'm not... I'm not that's, but would I'm you amazing. ever, you know, approach someone who's reading and maybe they've been reading a really good book for three hours straight? Are you going to approach them and be like, why are you doing this? It's a waste of time. I'm doing exactly yeah. the same thing, yeah. but yeah, because I'm sitting in front of a computer screen or a TV screen, suddenly that's invalid. Mm. And that's my most hated um, misconception about video games. And like I said before, um, most gamers are quite good at high cognitive functioning. We can handle many things at once and our reflexes are better than m the average person because we're, we're thinking about things. Um, the mm. other benefit that as a player you have is that you're more likely to be a better problem solver because at any yeah. given time when you're playing games you have to be on the go yeah. solving problems whatever those problems may be maybe it's dialogue it's, maybe it's, it's, it's practice, it? yeah it's maybe it's a first person shooter or maybe it's a puzzle game but um with, yeah with games like strategy games or narrative games i suppose mm -hmm. exercising um your empathy yeah uh, absolutely and your ability to relate to um different types of people mm -hmm. and of different types of stories. Do you yeah. think that's, that's something that you, you've honed in your life? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think games give you a unique perspective in, like I was mentioning before, this agency. So it gives you the choice to behave how you want to behave. And in games like Life is Strange, you are presented with multiple choices that affect someone else in the game yeah, right. or another character in the game, essentially. Um, and one of those characters is, is very anxious and very depressed and she's going through a really rough time. And you have to try and figure out what's going on with her and figure out what the right way is to approach her and how to handle the situation. It, it ends up being a really traumatic situation that you're placed in. And your very choices affect the outcome of what happens in that traumatic experience. I won't ruin it in case, yeah, you, wow. in case any of you ever take the time to play it, but it's really beautiful and it, it 
makes you think in a way that you otherwise would not have if you've never been in that yeah, situation. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with your games, do you create, well, you obviously with Nintendo Switch, but do you uh, create for a console or PC or apps? Is there? Um, we've got an app coming out soon, a little, it's, I don't actually think I can talk about it. Oh, really? But it's like it's it's <laughs> we go on, on. <laughs> go on. Exclusive it's um it's a pretty silly, cute little game, but it's it's kind of in the realm of what we do. Um, we've been talking about a company vision a lot lately, and our vision is to bridge the gap between games as just being fun and games that can actually do something better or be better mm. um, or just enhance those benefits even more. So Putty Pals um, is all about cooperation and communication and there's no enemies in it. It's just pure fun and adorableness. There's, that's all it is. Right. But the challenge <laughs> comes between two people working together and solving problems together. <clears throat> and often you find that people are really kind of like weird about it at first and then <laughs> as their patience grows and as their confidence grows within the game and their confidence grows within their own abilities and their, their partner's abilities, you see them work together and laugh and explain it to each other if you're struggling. They're like, oh no, you kind of, you work through this puzzle this way and, and I'll help you do this bit. Um, and that's the kind of thing that we're about, right. I guess. So you're trying to bridge that gap between two people from, you know, they could be from wherever. Yeah. Bridging that gap and actually forcing them to, well, not yeah. forcing them, but promoting, showing, promoting exactly. Yeah. Giving them the opportunity to get <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Forcing but the there's, there's the, you know, there's the nasty reality of commercial viability. How, how do mm-hmm. you, do you, you cope okay with that? Are you making any money? Are you, yeah, I mean... Sorry, that's not... We're actually... Don't you don't have to tell <laughs> but you know I mean. I, I mean, as an indie developer, you're not swimming in money mm-hmm. unless you kind of make that next big thing. Um, but you get a lot of joy from seeing people play your games. Um, we are very lucky to be in Victoria because... Film Victoria funds video games and they fund developers. And not many people know about that. It's a shame. Um, We actually just found out the federal government rejected pretty much all of our um, recommendations for helping the video game industry in Australia, which is really great. Fantastic. So... (laughs) The uh, the Aussie game scene yeah, at the moment is in air, outrage. We've spoken about those. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. They were like, "We've noted your recommendations." Um, and then tossed them in the bin. Yeah, and they were like, "But we think it's it's better suited to state governments and stuff." And we're like, "They're already, you know, pushing the limits with what they can do. This is to make Australia nationally mm. a great company to to make games in because a lot of." talented people move overseas instead of staying here Um, so which is a shame because you'd want to keep them here right so we Mm. make money for Australia but okay government Um, (laughs) well if the government are anything like me I've never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) maybe if they listen to this podcast they'll be informed like I have been but we'll get Malcolm in front of uh, Life is Strange and see maybe that that could be be the way get him to play the first episode perhaps you can put the the Turnbull character in there or something. He might like that. Maybe, maybe we should make a name about the government. <laughs> no, maybe not. The government and its people. <laughs> I actually just wanted to um, note this. You Rick and Morty fan? No, I, oh. I, yeah, I've, I've tried. I've Good. tried to watch it and I couldn't get into it. Right, because I was thinking of this scene that they're playing this game and it's like in some 
bizarre parallel universe. They're playing this game. It's like you live the life of a regular guy. Yeah. And it's very much a virtual reality, augmented reality thing, and you get sucked into this. And, yeah. And there's this... It's, it's very funny. It's actually worth worth watching, but it actually is quite moving in the way in the way that it actually... Um, Kind of like The Sims, but an extreme version of it. Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think? Like, where's the next step for games? And- I it's I think it's still too soon to know for sure what's going to happen with virtual reality. Um, it it's a very interesting space, and I've played a bit of virtual reality, and it's it's super weird. But for me, it's kind of like, is it going to be a an everyday appliance that everyone has, like mm. consoles are, like Xbox and PlayStation, or will it always remain this sort of more uh, targeted kind of thing or platform? Um, there is a really cool company um, in Melbourne who is working with NASA to make a game about astronauts in space. Really? Um, it's pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, and that's incredible. Like, that's amazing that a small indie team in Australia has, has ended up, you know, working with NASA. Um, so there's a lot of really exciting things happening here. No one really knows about well, it's it. It's funny, this may sound like a weird thing to say, but I, I'm... <laughs> I hate all of the, the the TV stuff like, you know, get me out of the jungle and marrying someone you never oh, met before and yeah. all that stuff. Reality but, TV. But in a lot of ways, this is, this is what, if you want reality, you should be playing the games because you, run your, you, you can write your yeah, own script rather yeah. than having to put up with the shitty scripts that these <laughs> other people write. Well, that just shows my age that I don't like that stuff much. Yeah. But I, I'm now seeing that this is probably what you're really... You're creating this in your own way, aren't you? The game is, whether it's lifestyle or whether it's a, you know, the fighting game, whatever, but it's, you, you, you write your own script on it, which is kind of what reality TV does. Or you don't get the right, yeah, you've got to well, see it. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I can see why how popular this will be when, mm. when I see if those things are popular, well, this is... It's the same kind of idea, isn't it? Similar, yeah. I mean, there's so many genres in video games. It's just like film and television. But but it's and more it's more the experience, your own yeah, experience. Well, that, the that's kind thing of is, there's is, a yeah. genre for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And mm. there's something for everyone to enjoy. It's just whether or not they've ever been open to participating in that, mm. and it, and being open to that experience of playing a game in that genre. Because most often you speak to people and they're like, "Oh no, I'm not a gamer." And I'm like, yeah. "Well, have you ever right. tried anything? Have you ever?" experienced a game Did and you count pub pong? <laughs> for sure <laughs> like you pong it? is like one of the foundations of oh, video well, yeah, games of course it is, yeah. so yeah. yeah absolutely so are you developing a I'm a celebrity get me out of here <laughs> game and, and can we play as Bernard Tomic or oh, God. <laughs> I don't think we're going to last long if we do no yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose in terms of the history of, of gaming mm. um, and your first experience, like what, what was the first console or, or game you played? Um, the Super Nintendo, I think, was the first. Or the Sega. It might have been the Sega. Yeah, um, Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was like a Mickey Mouse game you could play, and I loved it. I think it was Mickey Mouse and the Haunted Mansion on the Sega or something. Um, and then Super Nintendo, and I became obsessed with Mario um, and puzzle platformers with a bomb. I loved them. Yeah. Um, and then my brothers and I pretty much saved up for every console after that right, and begged right. our parents for consoles. Mum was always like, oh, I don't know if I should be getting you these consoles. What was wrong with the last one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still play the PS1. It doesn't like, have the latest technology. 
heard the argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good for children, like, in terms of if, if they're playing with their friends and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, uh, facilitating that, the way yeah. to bond over... So I remember playing, like, um, Mario Party mm-hmm. uh, at beach houses and, you know, all over the state. And yeah. I loved, like, I just loved... I still remember, the, like, it's such a visceral yeah, experience. Yeah, it's, it's like a digital board game. Yeah. And it's, yeah. there's something super fun about it and the kinds of animations and, and what we call particle effects that happen. So, like, cool little sparkles and all this nonsense that happens um, is super awesome player feedback. And it's the kind of thing that you... Yeah, it's a board games, celebration. Yeah, it? yeah, like, tabletop mm-hmm. board games are amazing. Yeah. But there's something kind of next level about the animated That's stuff or the digital stuff. the speed stuff. of it too, isn't it? Just yeah. It keeps going. Yeah. yeah. So what so what sort of ways do you, do you think um, the gaming industry can influence? Uh, I suppose not so much just world politics, but the world and and how we live our lives, and and in particular, like surprising ways that we we, we wouldn't have like Neil and I wouldn't have thought about, but perhaps you have uh, spent some time thinking philosophically about where it can go. <laughs> Long winded. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, <laughs> I think. Games can do many amazing things if given the chance. Um, it's already happening. Like there are games being made for the elderly, so they can feel like they're yeah. being active again. Especially virtual reality um, has been a massive part of that. Um, uh, there's a lot of games at the moment trying to help people deal with mental health mm-hmm. problems as well. Um, either helping other people understand it or helping the person themselves understand it. Um, There's, uh, God, there's so much. There's, there's so much out there. Um, and it's, it's only just the beginning and video games are becoming more and more slowly, but surely accepted. (laughs) Um, and the benefits are sort of starting to come out more and more. There's a lot of psychology being done. A lot of really positive research is coming out showing the benefits of games. It's just making the wider populace understand those benefits. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of there's no negatives, aren't there? The more you think of there's none, whereas nearly all the other things we do, you know, whether it's gambling or whether it's... There's always something wrong with it, but there's kind of nothing wrong with it. As long as you're... Your subject matter is not I mean, too great. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah. you hear about like, but, but South even then, Korea. It, even if it is, it's it's still only a game. Yeah, it is. But I suppose there's an addictive nature yeah. of, of the game. Oh, the, it's, it's, a, it's it's just like any other industry. You need to take it within moderation. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Like you could be a film junkie. It could be like watching binge watching TV, right? If you binge watch for 48 hours straight, you don't go to the toilet, you don't eat. That's really unhealthy, right? So it's the same thing with games. If you're going to do that playing games, that's really unhealthy and not a positive thing to do. So, yeah, it's it's like anything. Um, An unhealthy obsession is not a good thing. Yeah, I think uh, Dad was already he already planned out his thirty six hour venture into Overwatch. Yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I better not do that. <laughs> so, how important is funding to actually get your game out? Ah, oh, we wouldn't have released Party Powers without funding. Um, right. We've been funded twice by Film Victoria. Um, we were really lucky that they took a chance on a young team straight out of uni, <laughs> and thought, well, all right, these guys actually seem like they have something, so let's give them some money to do it. Um, and then we released on PC early last year and then yeah. we went back for more money because we were like, look, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I had this 10 minute, 10 minute meeting with um, a Nintendo rep. Um, I managed to win him over enough that he was like, yeah, cool, let's get this on here. And then we went back to Film Victoria and we're like, hey, uh, Nintendo said that we could make it for the Switch, which has only just come out, and it's that new great console. Uh, would you like to give us more money so we can make it for Nintendo? And they did. Um, so we, I, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you and being like, yeah, running your company is great, <laughs> if it weren't for Film Victoria's funding. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's massive, and it's getting more and more, um, like, I mean, it's only been two years since we started, um, and more and more people are learning about Film Victoria, more and more people are applying for it, which means that there are lots of game developers in this state who are really wanting to make games, which is amazing. Well, inadvertently, um, we spoke about uh, criticism and, and Australian films before, and then it's funny how it's all tied into Film Victoria being so crucial Mm. Uh, with your your business. Yeah, it was actually interesting listening to you talk about criticisms, criticisms before because in the games industry we have a really toxic um, yeah. environment. So gamers feel incredibly entitled um, and okay. they will rip you to shreds if they don't get what they want or if they don't get what they think you promised. Um, there's absolutely no understanding of the developer's well-being or what right. might have happen so if a game's released and it's a bit buggy they have no understanding of what the developers have been through to to, just to Mm. release whatever it is that they have released um so it was really interesting listening to you talk about it because there's a lots of lot of similarities between you know the afl scene and video games there's that toxic entitledness um that is really really bad for the industry and it's really becoming more and more prevalent with how oh. easy it is to access on Twitter. You can go straight to the devs because all game developers are on Twitter, all yep. of us. It's yep. just, it's the place to go because you can interact with other developers really easily, see what the latest trends are, et cetera, et cetera. So people can find you on Twitter and harass the absolute shit out of you if they feel like you didn't give them what they deserved. And they feel right. like they deserved something because they paid for it. Yeah, of course. Um, but okay. with no understanding of like a publisher behind you whipping you to get it out on the date that they want you to get it out on, um, or anything like that. Or mm. so yeah, it's it's whilst video games are is, are amazing and it's a great industry to to be in. There's still a lot of toxicity out there with gamers. Probably comes again to the uh, lack of reflection, but absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And thinking like you know, this game is like almost like a reflection of you playing it. And if there's something wrong with it, it's like, well, that's yeah. not my fault. That's that's them, and almost yeah, shoving down this disgusting vitriol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame. It's a real shame, and it's it's becoming more and more noticeable. And, and like it's something that developers are talking about a lot at the moment. Um, the entitledness of gamers, and it's really well, hard. We have to develop a game that kills off vitriolic critics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for both AFL uh, and games. For the, world, for the world, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you see it everywhere. You see it with when Wonder Woman was announced, and that trailer came out. You yeah. saw it all through the comments on YouTube. You see it um, for the Last Jedi just recently. Yeah. You see all yeah. these entitled mm-hmm. fanboys and girls, you know, ripping it to shreds because they felt entitled and, you know, because their Star Wars is what they grew up with and this isn't their Star Wars anymore. It's not mm. what they deserved. So you see so, it everywhere. That's so funny because art is so subjective and and then there's this, these responses to... Yeah. That's almost like, 
well, this is what happens. Like, it divides opinion. You know, art divides. Yeah. And then everyone likes to be on a bandwagon. So as soon yeah. as it starts to become a popular opinion, everyone's on it, even if they didn't really think that in the beginning. Right. Now, thanks for joining us, Laura. It's been great. <laughs> um, or, yeah. <laughs> the whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> Look here. I'm glad. I'll never glad. be seen again. Actually, <laughs> we've, oh, I'll, first I'm going to ask these questions we ask at the end of uh, every yeah, sure. show. Um, it's called Pile of Weird Fishes. Oh, okay. Um, so what do you fear? Oh, I hate roller coasters. Right. I hate them. That's... Absolutely hate them. I get nervous just thinking about someone taking me on That's one. I'm with, I'm with <laughs> you. Really? Yes. yes. Um, so we're the worst people to take to a theme park. First then. time I went to Dreamworld with you, we were getting on the, the double loop roller coaster. Oh, God, we no. Were. And I was, I was very nervous, and, but I was thinking, next to me, this guy's chattering, and, and it's Neil, and he, he couldn't bring the, the harness <laughs> to oh, no. walk in. No. So, and we were going through double loops, so fortunately, he's like, help, help. And got off. And he got off. <laughs> and we were sitting Yeah. <laughs> so if the bloke hadn't realised that he was wow. going to... Oh, you would have been landed. Oh my god! That is my fear. Like it's it's not the ride; it's the mechanics. Like it's it's Mm. a man-made machine thing, (laughs) and I don't trust it. I'm the same. I I I look and I say, have these people done the physics that suits my body? I'm sure they've gone through every last (laughs) test to make sure that there's no. Yeah, but then you hear about these stories, and it's just like people said a dream world in the boat. That shock that actually did that feel never again. I can't. Oh, that's good. I feel better now. Otherwise, I'm pretty good. Like spiders and stuff. I grew up in the country, so it doesn't bother me at all. But like roller coasters, no. What do you hope for? What do I hope for? Oh, gosh. A world where everyone loves games. Beautiful. Well, well, you've, you've got me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm your hardest. One person. <laughs> hardest combo. Seven more billion to go. Uh, what makes you happy? Games. <laughs> uh, what makes you sad? No games. <laughs> yeah, I see a comment thing here. Oh, gosh. What makes me sad? Not having enough time to play games. Right. <laughs> uh, what album or book... Or will include game uh, would best accompany your life's story. Shit. Um, Morrowind. Elder Scrolls Morrowind. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if it was an album or a book, what would it be as well? Oh. The soundtrack to. <laughs> the soundtrack. Oh shit. Gosh. What's the soundtrack that I absolutely love? So I heard uh, Blade Runner 2049 recently. That's a great soundtrack by Hans, I, Hans Zimmer. I need to watch that. Yeah, I love Hans Zimmer. Yeah, um, Hans. God, I I love any film soundtrack, honestly. Right, yeah. I will listen to film soundtracks all day away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it a chance. <laughs> any kind of uplifting soundtrack. Yeah. I think. None, none like, come to mind. What about uh, Con Air? I watched Con Air the other night. That's an inspiring soundtrack. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, what gets you up in the morning? Coffee. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, De- not decaf, I assume. God, no. Strong. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. That's discrimination. Oh, discrimination. <laughs> um, now, I thought we'd try something with like a recommendation from each of us to okay. the listener. Uh, and to each other, I suppose, considering you've already recommended so much to Neil. <laughs> but what's one recommend, uh, rec- recommendation, food, a game, an experience, uh, a, a, an album, or a ridiculous way to wind down that you could offer? 
Oh, golly. I, I think having a, a big glass of red, like one of those really big wine glasses where really? it's basically half the, the bottle. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorites. Half a bottle of, of red in one of those giant wine glasses and sitting down and just playing a new game for the first time. Yeah. It's a really great Sounds way to good. unwind. You get hooked in and you relax because you've had a bit of wine and you're, exper- you're, you're more open to experience when you've had some wine. So yeah, that's course, yeah. the best way to play a new game, in my opinion. Neil? You've asked me a question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> what would you do? Let me think about it while you're talking. I was thinking um, there's a great episode of Black Mirror and it's called like San Juan, San Juan Ada or something like that. And it is basically based around the idea of uh, elderly people or terminally ill people who oh, are going to a simulator. San Junipo. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's a great it's episode. A, it's a magnificent episode of what I think is like a great TV series. What's, uh, it, and what's it called? How come I've never heard Black of it? Black Mirror. It is... It's a phenomenal. It's phenomenal. There's a, there's a virtual reality episode. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some like it is. It's based around a lot of it's based around technology and um, I suppose how human interaction changes. Mm. Um, but this episode in particular is is really um, quite. I suppose compared to what the other episodes are about, really quite um, positive because <laughs> it is. It can be a show that you can only watch a couple episodes in a row. But this one is beautiful. It makes you really think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it certainly does. Did you? <laughs> well, I'm I'm not much at going to that like this the extreme thing. Go, this is going to change your life. But I, yeah. But the best book I've ever read is the one we've discussed, Flanagan's book, The Narrow yeah. Road to the Deep North, because it was so. It's quite quite a wordy book, mm. but the little lessons in it, and it was it was kind of it was kind of the weary Dunlop story in a way. And it, but it was it gave us so much insight into what true leadership is like in this thing when when they're in the they're in the jungle building the you know the rah or whatever what is that yeah burma yeah yeah. and it was really you know some very um graphic and you know powerful stuff happened and really awful stuff happened but it it always kept honest to saying well what what mm. do you do? What's true leadership? What do you do when people need you to do something? And it was a really, it's a marvellous story of that. I, I've read it a couple of times and it, it was just, every time I read it, I get something new out of it. But, I mean, there's a lot of other things apart from that, but it was, that. if, yeah. if nothing else, read that. I think uh, there was the perspective thing in, in that book, which um, in comparison to Romper Stomper, didn't quite have the perspective of the other side. It was very much um, focused around the white nationals group, but in the narrow road to the deep north there's a perspective of a number of, of different people but, but it dealt with it in, yeah. a, in a kind way in, yeah, like exactly. it never ever said all this bad shit that happened is it's on account of them it was never it never really went to that which I, which I found really quite uplifting and because it, it, it could have been a really sad read mm. but it wasn't it was a very uplifting read um, Laura, thank you so much for coming in. This has been really enlightening, <laughs> uh, particularly for Neil, but for me as well. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let uh, me know if you need any game recommendations. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, help you out. I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to challenge you to a, a game of some description, Neil, and I'll get in touch with you, oh, Laura, please, and, and we'll yeah. we'll put it up. We'll, we might video it for the uh, the new Facebook it. group, which you should like, Generation Bar <laughs> Facebook group. Um, but yeah, thanks Neil and, and oh, thanks Laura for, for having me and Andrew for another magnificent yeah, episode. All right, good night. Bye.